keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Out full of suffering, suck attached, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killings. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. I'm here with Robert Carpolis and Zach. We are waiting on Scott. We got a big, big, big week for us. We're going to be we're going to be talking um, all the WWE news that just happened. We're going to be talking Forbidden Door. We're going to be talking Dynamite. Um, but before we get to that, first off, Robert, how are you doing? I'm doing uh, I'm doing great. And Scott's not here yet. So I'm able to finish a sentence. This is a landmark episode of Wrestle Roast Flag It. And Zach, how are you doing? Great. Great. Man, a few words, but uh, but always good ones. All right. Let's get to our Patreon schedule. A lot of funny, fun stuff up in in our Patreon. July 4th, this Monday, what will be released? We're going to be doing the Roast of Sunny. I wrote those jokes uh, already, and I'm super excited to tell them. And our Money in the Bank review. So it's going to be a huge episode. July 11th, we're off. July 18th, Bash at the Beach, 1996. Uh, that is where Hogan turns. If you don't Way remember. to spoil it, Dan. You're like yeah, Bobby Heenan. <laughs> Who's the uh, third man? <laughs> July 25th, a wrestling video game special. Uh, August 1st, the roast of Marty Jannetty. Uh, August 8th, we're going to be all... Oh, I, I'm not going to... Okay. We're also on this... I'm not going to... I've picked the Patreon for, for next month, too. Um, we decided we're going to move Stephanie to later in the year because we're doing Triple H next month as far as the regular show. And I feel like the Stephanie and Triple H jokes are going to kind of overlap. So we're going to do a mystery roast. I may announce it beforehand, but it's... It's fucking huge, and it's going to be, be huge. August. But uh, uh, yeah, no, we're, I mean, we're we're doing a Nick Con. You want to space it out before you take out Triple H and Stephanie. <laughs> uh, for something to sports this week, Robert will be reviewing Raw. I think Robert did Raw this week. I did Retro SmackDown, and next week I will be reviewing NXT's Great American Bash as the one guy on this podcast that still somewhat pays attention to NXT. But someone who pays uh, a ton of attention to WWE, it's Mr. Robert Karpolis with premium live events. What do we got this week, Robert? Premium current events. Uh, premium live oh, events are the fake-ass name they have for... We've only been doing it for like four months, and I still can't get the uh, segment right. That's all right. Uh, they, they barely remember what the hell their shows are called. Uh, yes, calling me the guy who follows WWE just makes it sound even sadder. Like, it's sad <laughs> enough we're talking wrestling, but it's like, yeah, but he's the WWE guy. Uh, but what just said a, I was the NXT guy? I feel like okay. What's what's sadder, an NXT guy or a Raw guy? I feel like the, being the NXT guy, it's like you're you're doing charity work. Like they're they're trying so hard, and you're just trying you're supporting it. Like people who voluntarily go to like a high school play, 
even if you don't have kids at the school. Right. It's well, like, I just want to support the it right now. But one of our episodes in Patreon for August, which I'm so excited about, is on August 22nd, we will be releasing our review of Heroes of Wrestling. That oh, is the, uh, that's the most infamous pay-per-view of all time. We have reviewed shows. For, we have reviewed matches from it. That's the one where it's, it's Jake the Snake and Yoko uh, against Jim the Anvil and King Kong Bundy in the main event where Jake is drunk as shit and using the snake like a dick. That's the main event. We have reviewed, I think, either that episode or an earlier episode on the show, but we're going to do the whole fucking show for this. Um, sorry, Robert. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be great. Uh, on Vimeo, it's the oh, I mean, I think it's on Vimeo and YouTube. You can get it for free in a lot of places. Oh, I'm not paying for this fucking train wreck, but uh, yeah. I will gladly kind of the same thing I said, but Forbidden Door. But we'll get to that later. Our premium current event in WWE world. This was breaking news today when we're recording it. The WWE has officially signed Logan Paul. Uh, this is a uh, a really uh, surprising piece of news in that we knew that he was going to be a part of SummerSlam. Uh, that was that was something they had talked about on Raw on Monday night. The Miz announced, "Hey, Logan Paul is going to be back." It's like great. He was a standout at WrestleMania, but they've actually finally officially inked him to a contract. It sounds like it's going to be a, a multi-year deal where he's going to be appearing at premium live events, uh, as well as probably some of the buildups to it. And it's another, uh, another feather in there. In their my contract. Is this more, is this closer to Brock or closer to like Michael's Roman sort of, uh, this is, it's probably somewhere Brockish or, or like kind of like what they had with Goldberg. My yeah. guess is you're going to use him for three or four of the big four. So you'll use him for mania, SummerSlam, rumble survivor series, maybe send him to uh, Saudi Arabia for one of the crown jewel events or something, and then throw him into one other show and put him on TV for a couple weeks. It's great because you're guaranteeing you're not going to you burn think they're gonna this. have like a suicide forest match. Uh, I, I hope. I think that'll, you know, that'll be a better uh, America Japanese uh, merger <laughs> than Forbidden yeah, I was about Door. To say, the, uh, that is truly the Forbidden Door. Yes. Uh, and, it, and it'll be still less terrifying than watching Sting jump off a stage and hope that the old man doesn't die. Dude, that was uh, fucking awesome, though. That was it awesome. was fucking awesome. We'll get to it later. The funny thing is, in seeing, like, they posted a bunch of pictures of, like, him from Mania, I realized he just looks like a more Jack Will Ospreay. Like they both have the same ridiculous looking gear and and similar looking features to it. I'm like, hey, he's just a taller Will Osprey, which uh, which works. Sting? I, no, but Jake, Logan Paul. Oh, Logan Paul. That's right. Yeah, I'm begging you, begging you to pay attention here. I uh, am I'm joking. Attention. Relax. Don't get all. Mm-hmm. Don't get hot. I, it's it's great because they're finally kind of accepting and understanding that in WWE world bringing these guys in for certain winners of time is what attracts eyeballs more than, Hey, we're just going to try to build stars for the future, bringing in a Johnny Knoxville, bringing in Logan Paul, bringing back Brock, uh, you know, even bringing in Goldberg and especially bringing in bad Bunny gets you that sort of mainstream little bit of buzz. And it's enough of an uptick that you can go to wall street and say, look at these outside people with all these viewers that we're bringing to our product. And it's a good, 
way to distract from the fact that they don't have a lot of top superstars right now. You had John Cena on Raw and you realize how many and just leaps and bounds how much bigger a star John Cena is than anybody in this company, uh, including Roman Reigns. I think in terms of captivating an audience and, and drawing those eyeballs. And and I think my my bold prediction... Well, I was he, able to catch a lot of Raw, and he was fantastic. Fantastic uh, on Raw. It was going to be one of my high spots. We can talk about it, it, it now, but I, I will say before we get to John, my, my prediction here is we're going to get uh, Logan Paul and Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. I think that I is think the biggest... Great, that's great booking. I'll get to what I think, what a hypothetical fun booking I, I thought of for it. But I do think this is, like you said, the beginning of, of like almost like the SNL, uh, the SNLization of WWE, where yeah. we are going to, it's going to be far more of a showcase show built around whoever is there now. I disagree with WWE in the sense that, like, I think building new stars is just, if not more important. If I mean, you just brought up John Cena. I mean, that's that's the biggest example there. You have to have guys, and I think they have a couple guys like that. They have they have Riddle and Cody and Roman, and there, there's some guys you can really build, build around, and then some people, some interesting people coming up. Uh, but I do think you still need to build new stars. I I do I do think Logan's Logan was a great hire for them. I think he'll be he'll uh he'll be he'll be awesome i i do think it would be really fun if you do separate the titles off from it and you somehow have okay hypothetically right like let's say um roman says to drew like um you know you i already beat you at survivor series i'm only gonna let you fight for one title i'll let you fight for the wwe championship or whatever and then you have drew go over and then, like, a month later, you have Logan beat Drew for the title. I mean, that's great fucking heat. And you can put anybody who is in that position. You want to stick with Drew. Or if you want to elevate somebody like Riddle, who seems to be slowly coming up, uh, I think that's a great feud. Do you, what's your pushback with that, Robert? I saw you made, making – I, 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 don't, I don't think you can put the title on, on him – uh now uh or for a long long time i think realistically the trajectory of the titles are roman if they're smart roman holds it till mania loses to cody at mania if they decide that they want to do roman rock though if that's if they're gonna get roman rock we don't know what, what's ultimately going to wind up being being put in place with the rock you can't book around that per se i think cody winning the rumble Cash winning and then beating Roman at Mania is a a better story of establishing Cody as that top guy. It's a good feel good moment, and they can pivot however they need to. Um, or that Roman you know loses to Drew and then wins it back or whatever they're going to do. I think Logan Paul for right now, if him and Miz are are going to be together as a team, they'll most likely win the tag titles at SummerSlam just because those titles are unified, so you can get Logan Paul on Raw and SmackDown and get the most out of him for this first initial little, you know, appearance that he's going to have. It makes NBC Universal happy. It makes Fox happy. It's giving him a lot of exposure. And best of all, he's a, a celebrity who can actually wrestle. It's not like the, the Nitro era where you were bringing in guys like Dennis Rodman, Carl Malone, or Jay Leno who either oh, was Kevin to, Eubanks, not bad. Kevin Eubanks had fantastic arms. Holy yeah. shit. That felt weird to say, but yeah, gr great arms. Uh, but uh, 
and also looked appropriate in like a sleeveless shirt at uh so at I said Kevin Eubanks in front of my friend who's like 23 and he was just like who my god like, oh, man really Kevin Eubanks is already at how long was Kevin Leno has Leno been off TV Leno's been off TV for for a bit I mean wow, for a while yeah. I guess it's been I mean I would say at least uh I mean probably like eight years if not no, maybe six years. It's been a while. It's well, been when, did he, when did he kill NBC? Um, it's been a while. <laughs> when he took over the 10 o'clock spot. And, oh, that was crazy. Well, that was, was a crazy situation. That but, was I mean, you know, he did get, he did, he didn't, I will say this with Jay. He didn't want to go. And, I, and I'm somebody who, you know, I've been on Conan like three times. I, I love Conan. Um, but, like, he didn't want to go. And he yep. got pushed, you know, pushed out and, I mean, I think that was more of a fuck up from Zucker or whoever was at the head of NBC at the time than it was Leno. Well, yeah, they, they thought they were going to move him out and bring Conan in and, and go younger. Uh, and Leno was like, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. But he and he had such a massive audience of people. But then to give up your your 10 p.m. window five nights a week and you're not developing new shows, not a, not a great idea. It's sort of a, a lot of what you see in WWE where they're like, we're not but, thinking about the future. We're worried about right now. Yeah. Well, let's get back to WWE. But I yeah, I, 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 I pivoted back. Uh, I think, but, but you know, I think Paul is going to be good because he's going to rub up against these guys like Riddle, uh, who's clearly a, a massive superstar for them in the next couple of years. The the other, you know, sleeper dark. If they don't horse, fuck it up, they still could fuck it up. Oh, they but. can absolutely still fuck it up. The other sleeper dark. He could horse, be though, the next Rob Van Dam for sure. The reason why I think you're going to get those guys in a, in a tag match at SummerSlam is I think them going up against the Street Profits and putting the spotlight on Montez Ford, they've been slowly positioning that dude as a breakout star. And I think that getting that mainstream coverage and working with a big, tall, athletic guy is only going to help Ford and make him a, a star within the next six to 12 months. So it's a, it's a great idea for them to do it. I know a lot of, you know, purist wrestling fans are going to hate it. Uh, a, a lot of people who probably, you know, ordered Forbidden Door and then are like, you know, I don't want to see this guy in the ring. He's going to bring eyeballs. He's going to deliver. They're going to use him sparingly to, to pop a rating in the same way they're using Brock in the same way they're going to be using Roman. And you're getting to a seasonal WWE product. And you just kind of have to be okay with that, that there's going to be this ebb and flow where, you know, fans are excited. And then sometimes they Mike Lawrence it and they vanish for a little while and then they come back. Well, let's get to something we're all excited about this Saturday night. Well, I'm excited. I don't know if Robert is, but. Well, before we well, get to Saturday night, I, I do want to get, because we were going to talk about Cena. You saw Cena on. Oh, Raw. I thought I wanted you wanted to, get... to do that for High Spot. Yeah, we yeah. Can, I was going to say, we can may as well tackle it now. Yeah. Before we get to Money in the Bank. Yeah. Uh, the Cena Riddle segment I thought was very good. I thought the uh, Cena promo was the promo we really needed during the Roman feud, and we just didn't get it, and we got it here. Um, him coming and saying hi to everybody up top, I thought was great. Becky, Becky no selling it, I thought was also uh, was also really great. Do you enjoy him with the Street Profits? The little like uh... I didn't see that. I didn't oh. see. I didn't see all of Raw. They had a cute little like back and oh, forth. Oh wait, the the cup thing. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, that. with the cups and the yeah. you know being able like, to see similar him. to what he did with the riddle. Yeah, and I, I loved him with Ezekiel in theory. It yeah, was... that was great. I mean, Zeke, man, I'm all Zeked out, buddy. I love this guy. Uh, he's yeah, he's great as long as you don't put him in the ring. He's the best. <laughs> he's uh, well. 
yeah, he's not the best at, uh, you know, I think his finishing move should be a small package or a roll up. I think his finishing move should be the roll up. Yeah, but that's, well, that's Xavier Woods's finishing move. That is true. All right, let's get to money in the bank. Fine. Money in the bank predictions. Let's start out with the pre-show. Oh, is this a pre-show? No, it's an actual just it's an actual match. It's Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel, which I has happened a bunch of times before. And Kevin Owens has made this super entertaining. Ezekiel has made this super entertaining. The worst thing about this are probably the matches, you know, like like Kevin, Kevin's a A plus five-star wrestler, but you know, I mean, Ezekiel's just clumsy, man. It's just He's got um, he's got heavy feet, you know. He's got heavy feet. He's honestly, like, you know, like he reminds me of like when Batista would struggle sometimes with his feet, with his footwork, but without the, you know, the massive power of and that just looking as impressive as, as Batista. Um, I think I got Ezekiel for this match, but because Kevin's won most of them, right? The matches that they've had, he has, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Ezekiel. Robert? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be Ezekiel. Um, I, I maintain that, that that thing before where I said I wanted to see Owens lose by a guitar strum play over the uh, loudspeaker and he gets distracted. Uh, you could plant a guy in one of the uh, in one of the uh, suites and he's, he's wearing a shawl and he's playing guitar. You think it's Elias and he gets distracted. He gets rolled up. But Ezekiel's got to win a match in order to maintain some credibility in this. And Kevin Owens can take a loss and still be over because he is really good at the pro wrestlings. Dude, I thought of the greatest gimmick for a wrestler. Um, I realize, I realize I, you know, cause they made, cause they will talk about dynamite, but dynamite made like a reference to fucking jungle boys, mom. And I was like, if you had a wrestler whose gimmick was fucking your mom, you could have the guy lose and he would still be over because he just fucked the guy's mom. He could be like, yeah, I just, I lost, but I fucked your mom. And everyone would be like, oh, you're still the winner then. Yeah, it depends yeah. on who the mom is. If they're feuding with Buff Bagwell, no one was the winner. <laughs> I guess it depends on your type. Bless your heart, Judy Bagwell. United States Championship Theory versus Bobby Lashley. I mean, Bobby Lashley doesn't really need this. So I think it'll be theory, right? What do you what do you, who do you got? I'm pretty confused about this one just because yeah. I don't understand why Lashley wasn't in the Money in the Bank match. Lashley would have been the guy I probably would have picked to win Money in the Bank. Quite frankly, it felt like they were yeah. teeing him up nicely for a feud with uh, with Roman. He's a guy that you can build up and beat, but instead, it's this match. Uh, I, I think given the fact that you have Alpha Academy floating around out there, you can do some sort of a, a fuck finish where Theory is going to keep the title. Uh, I don't want to see uh, Lashley with the U.S. title. It's a weird step down. But I guess if Theory is moving into a feud potentially with John Cena at SummerSlam and they don't want John Cena to win the U.S. title, maybe they're finding a way to put the title on Lashley, but it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Also, yeah, don't think the match have, is going to be. I think he had great. a better world. I think he had a better world title run than he did a U.S. title run. So, it's a step down for him. It doesn't. It doesn't help him. Uh, it, it doesn't elevate the title. It just kind of shines a light on. We have no idea what to do with Bobby Lashley, so we're just going to kind of waste some time here. And it's not going to help theory because theory's 
ascension of this Vince McMahon protege thing has been helped by the fact that he's been feuding with talented wrestlers who can make him better. I, I don't think Lashley is going to necessarily make him better. And outside of getting some cheap heat, I think it's going to be a, uh, a pretty slow uh, plotting match. But yeah. hey, maybe, maybe more posing, maybe more baby oil. Yeah, I really don't even care about this match enough to like really make a prediction. But uh, undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship, the Usos versus the Street Profits doesn't seem like they're taking those tag titles off of the Usos until a team is nuclear hot, like like so hot. Um, and I, I, I think Montez Ford is the breakout, but I don't think the team is as hot, nearly as hot as the Usos. So I'm going to go with the Usos. Who do you got? I'm going with Street Profits because, like I said, Miz and uh, Logan Paul have, you know, they're going to team up at SummerSlam. So I'd have them go up against Street Profits for the tag titles. You've had the Street Profits challenge. That that was the thing that it was like, what are the, okay, Raw had a lot of good shit on it. But one of the things that wasn't good was I heard, I didn't see it, but I heard the Miz-AJ match was like atrocious that like Miz was tired and he couldn't do he couldn't do anything and then Miz is like oh I'm I I was just I was teaching Logan Paul a lesson like so did they realize like oh turning Logan Paul babyface is a gigantically stupid move it seems like that was what they well, why would you realized. pair him with Miz then give him another heel you know I don't know what the hell they were thinking it, it's a weird pivot back and forth it felt forced and uncomfortable but yeah the match with AJ and Miz was not good uh, I even realized at some point, I'm like, these are two former world champions uh, who have main evented WrestleManias, and this match is not great. And AJ can get a pretty good match out of anybody. See, 80% of his TNA run. Sorry, Zach. Um, but at the end of the day, um, <laughs> sorry, I gotta love it. Uh, yeah, Scott's going to join now. He fell asleep. He was napping. Oh, so, uh, okay. Well, tell him to come in. That's perfect timing because we're almost yeah. done with it. But, SmackDown uh, Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. You know, obviously it's got to be Ronda, right? Even though I'm sure Ronda, because I, I guess Ronda and, Nat- and Natalia are like very close in real life, which is why they're like they've been going for the jugular on social media. They've been like overcompensating for, um, you know, like the fact that everyone knows they're friends. But I, I just yeah. don't think they're gonna have. They're just even if Ronda came to Vince and was like. I want Natalia to go over because I want this to be a program. I, I don't think that they would do it. So I, I, I have Ronda. Yeah, no, it'll be Ronda. It's the weird thing of like Natalia's never been women's champion. Uh, and, but yeah, she, she, she was SmackDown champion, right? She was, I think she, she was, was, one of the, she was a diva or something, but I don't think she's ever been. No, the she, I think she was SmackDown champion for a little I, bit. Uh, maybe I blocked that out of my memory, but uh, yeah. no, you know, she, she loves wrestling. She she's like, hey, you know, to be as stiff as you need to be in order to get it over. They are friends and it's someone you can trust in the ring to make Rhonda look uh, look decent. So it's it's not a bad idea. But, you know, Rhonda's going to Rhonda's going to win. It, it doesn't have a ton of heat, but they're trying. Yeah, she only had the Divas Championship. You're right. She never yeah. had the SmackDown Championship. She's been a two time WWE tag champion. She's, she's held the butterfly twice. She's held the butterfly. Which sounds like a weird euphemism. I guess they know they're not they're they're just getting rid of the women's tag titles, right? Is the the, the tournament happen? Is that uh, they'll they'll bring them back at some point, whenever the jumping uh, bomb angels are available again. Um. All right. Money. Monday. Money in the bank ladder match for the women's championship. 
uh, for the women's championship match contract, the money in the base bank briefcase. We have Lacey Evans versus Alexa bliss versus Liv Morgan versus Raquel Rodriguez. Are they still making Raquel Rodriguez smile all the time? She smiles all the time. Uh, it's so uncomfortable. She looks like the, the girl from Encanto, like the strong one that like lifts up donkeys and they constantly have her smiling to the point where it looks like it's a hostage situation. Versus Asuka, versus Shotzi, versus two participants to be determined. Um, is it two? Or I, don't I thought, I thought that's only seven women. It's Becky. Becky won on Monday. But yeah, why, why is this not updated? This is like, oh, because I'm, I'm, I'm reading the wrong fucking thing. I'm reading the old one. Sorry, guys. What a, what a dynamite, uh, what a dynamite show we're running here. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll pick up for that while you're searching. Uh, Uh, Well, I I think it's going to be Becky. I think it's going to be Becky. Uh, They, they went all in baby face Becky on Monday and that crowd went nuts for her. So I think they're finally going to course correct, give the briefcase to Becky and then she can cash in at some point in time on someone uh hopefully she cashes in on bianca and this will turn bianca heel they can put the people in the right roles that they need to be in and uh and the world will be a better place it's already a better place because scott chaplin just joined how are you scott yo 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 i don't know i fell asleep a little while ago and just woke up now i might have covid uh just because i did it yesterday did you have covid recently yeah like a month ago i don't think you can get it then again uh, is that true for a couple months yeah you like, that sounds like a you can't get pregnant in a hot tub type of thing that sounds like something. that's also true i also believe that yeah maybe um, not the thing to be talking about a couple of days after roe got overturned uh don't have sex in a hot tub you will get pregnant all right well let's get to uh our our main event we're doing uh, Money in the Bank predictions, Scott. Oh, cool. Our, cool, main, cool. our main event, I, I have Becky Lynch too, Robert. I agree. It's. It, I don't know. I mean, none of the other girls. I mean, Liv, you can make a case. And I guess you could make a... I, I, I think that they toyed with Lacey. But, uh, you know, maybe Alexa. I don't know. But I, I think Becky's the only one who really should win this match. Uh, men's Money in the Big Matter. Ladder match. Seth Rollins versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre versus Omas versus... Sami Zayn versus Riddle versus to be determined. I mean, I've heard a lot of rumors that it's going to be Sammy. I think it should be Riddle, but um, yeah, fine. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna vote with my heart on this. It's gonna be Riddle. I do think that if they, unless the TBA is somebody everyone is super pumped about, if that TBA wins, um, you know. I think people are going to be pretty bummed out. Scott, who do you got for this? Do people think they know who the to be announced is going to be? Nobody knows. I'm going with surprise entrant Velveteen Dream. (laughs) (laughs) What if it was surprise entrant Silas Young? Uh, (laughs) Just keep showing up places. Robert, who do you got for this? All right. It can't be Riddle because Riddle's not allowed to challenge for Roman. So essentially, you make the briefcase a lame. No, but, that, but the, the briefcase that overrides it. The briefcase overrides that step. Show me in the real in the rule book where it says that. <laughs> Show me in Come the on, rule that's book. Come on. That's no, not no. like WWE. The guy, booking. No, the guy, the guy to put it, the guy to give the briefcase to based on the people that are there, excluding whoever surprise mystery entrant is. It's it's you know, it's Kane and he's coming back because he's got a lot of heat on him. Um, <laughs> it's uh, you, you give the briefcase to Rollins. That way he's just lurking with it. So you don't know if he's ever going to cash it in on his friend Roman 
or if ultimately Cody wins the title. They're definitely and then, not friends anymore after that Royal Rumble. Mass- well, they're, they're friends, but not friends. But then if you have Seth cash in on Cody, when Cody has his big moment, I think there's a lot of heat there. So I would give it to, to Seth Rollins uh, for the, the men's Money in the Bank match. All right. Let's get to uh, Dynamite or Dud. Or given oh, the way no, this no, week no, of the universe is gone. Given the way given the misery of this week, it could just be Omos. Oh, my God. It's very possible. I mean, he could just lift up. Lift, I mean, if you want to have a match where he goes over, it's easy for him. He can just raise his arm. Oh, he'd still fuck right. Forbidden door or snore. See what I did there, guys? Uh, <laughs> we'll go with this match. We'll go with this match by match. But uh, my, my overall thought of this was I had a great time watching this, um, but not sure if it help the company that's that's kind of my overall but i went to um i went to a bar in new york city to watch it i went to legends cheap pop uh forbidden dork did join me uh and uh yeah man shout a shout out uh but like i i i i that's basically what i thought i had a great time watching it um i didn't you get also had see- nachos that makes anything better well they, not these nachos these are fucking uh, irish bar nachos they're pretty nasty but uh yeah, let's get into. I mean, do we want to talk pre-show? I, I was able to see most of the pre-show. Um, any thoughts on the pre-show, Scott? Ah, uh, yeah, I thought it. You know, I liked that the young lions were there. It felt that felt very New Japan. Also, the crowd was really hot for the pre-show. Yeah, the the uh, Swerve in Our Glory match. I thought they were they were really good. Yeah, yeah, in that uh, for sure. Sinodo, um, yes. The Lance, the Lance Archer Nick Camarado match is pretty bad, man. Yo, I Archer mean, walks out, dives right away, and just lands on his head. Like he didn't even jump from the top rope; he just bounced off the bottom rope, kind of. And also, I don't want to be unfair to AEW because I'm always fair and balanced when it comes to <laughs> all elite wrestling. But it felt very WCW WWF invasion when you're passing Archer off as a New Japan guy when he's part of your roster. It's kind of the same way they were like, oh, now, uh, you know, the Dudley boys are the EC are an ECW. So they're invaders. Well, the, it's like Tony, like, Tony doesn't Tony doesn't want him on part of the roster. I think, I think yeah, he's in the G1 it. this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tony's like, oh, have fun. Yes. Um, all right. So our opening match, which I, I really enjoyed uh, Minoru Suzuki and the Jericho Appreciation Society, uh, specifically Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara with Ta- Ty Conti. Went up against Eddie Kingston, Shota Yamino, and Wheeler, Utah. Uh, what did you think of this match, Scott? Yeah, just thought it was a lot of fun. I thought Sam, there was a few moments uh, in it where Sammy really went for it. And I was like, oh, I know what kind of pay-per-view this is going to be. And then it yeah. turned out being like that. It, it felt like, you know, obviously I thought every match was very good, but it also felt like a lot of guys had something to prove and really, really went for it. And I think yeah, Sammy was a guy that was like, hey, this is the first match of the night. I know nobody's necessarily excited for really any of the matches, you know. And so they went apeshit, man. This match was a lot of fun. Okay, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna piggyback what you off you what you said. This it's it's kind of like you know with this match, what I realized like watching this match, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have a great time watching this show, even though the build was bad. That's kind of, it's almost like um I can't believe I'm I'm comparing this to Rock and Hogan only in the way that Rock and Hogan's buildup was really kind of like, besides the one segment backstage where Rock runs the whole NWO out, 
Like, it's kind of silly, man. Like, he hits rock with a car. There's, like, all this cheap, like, heat that's thrown on it. And, uh, and it was a semi, it, it was a semi truck. You show respect for shitty was a semi truck. And then when they had the match, you completely forgot about the story. Cause you're like, I'm going to get to see Hogan versus the rock. And, and I've always wanted to see this. And, and they realized that this is more important than the story. And I think that happened with new Japan where it's like, I'm like, Oh, okay. I get to at least see the show and they think it's important. And it is important for wrestling. If you're a true wrestling fan, this is important for you, even if it's not moving business. It is important. Uh, so that's that's kind of and, and I realized that during this match. So the, a credit to these guys. Yeah, this felt it's a. I think the Hogan Rock analogy also works because the crowd was excited for everything that they were seeing, and it was it was clear who was going to take the pin in this. It's like one of these things is not like the others, um, and it was it was a fun opener. It was what you wanted them to do. You gave the audience who was not super familiar with new Japan guys that they could, that they knew everyone knows Chris Jericho. If you're watching AW, you know, Sammy, you know, Eddie Kingston, the crowd's really into Utah. It was a good, like easing into the pool kind of match for, for that audience. Our next, uh, yeah, Scott, what did you think of this match? I keep forgetting that we're he, on the second, we're, we're not on the second match from there. I'm having a stroke guys. That's uh, fine. FTR cash wheeler and Dax Harwood. Uh, this is a three-way winner takes all the tag titles, Ring of Honor, World Tag Team Championship, and the IWGP Tag Team Championship. So it's FTR versus United Empire versus Rapongi Vice. Uh, you know, this was they, they told a good story. I really did think that Dax was was out, so they they got me. You know, the match was good. Um, right, the right team went over. Obviously, this is all leading to Bucks and FTR. It all out if that's what it should be leading to anyway um what do you think of this match scott i like the rules of it i like that even though it was a triple threat tag match only two guys were in the ring at the same time i mean initially obviously chaos happened but it was easier to watch and ftr is so good at following tag rules and they make tag matches so fun within the context of following tag rules that uh I just had fun watching this. And yeah, the right guys won. The pin was a little wonky. I don't know if you if if you caught yeah, if you remember. Yeah, the pin was totally wonky, yeah. Yeah, the pin was wonky and that happened later, but that it, that was definitely more of an excuse later. This was seemed like the ref's fault. But also, yeah, I want to shout out and, Shota Yumino on the the match before this. I thought Umino, he was, yeah, uh, man. Umino. He's so he was, fun, right? He was great. Yeah. He's a real yeah. star. And then backstage segment. I mean, we could spoil it. Just like later on in the night there's a backstage segment where Jericho just blows fire on him and calls himself oh that was that was actually super funny i mean that's the thing when and we'll talk about blood and guts like if jericho plays this character as pure comedy it's a fun character you know as long as he doesn't try to be like evil jericho like the the version he was with michaels in 08 uh pock robert robert Robert, what do you think of this match Match well, was good. Match I, kind of blend together. Or they, they do blend together. I think I, I would have gone the. I would not have had FTR win. I think this was an opportunity to take all these other titles off of FTR, so they can just focus on being AEW tag champions. Just because I don't want them selfishly. I don't want them wrestling in other for other on other shows with other titles where you're going to risk them getting injured or hurt. I want to see them against the Bucks in the in the best way possible. Also, it's a nitpick, but it was a little like. A little WWE-ish and a little you could see the politics of everything that 
you were taking the titles off of United Empire by pinning Rapungi Vice. Like everything felt very safe and you could almost see the negotiations that were going into all of these matches, which is not a necessarily a major criticism, but it was a little like, all right, it, it felt very safe. I don't know, man. Them coming out with all the titles on them, that was pretty sweet. It's a cool visual. I just think eventually, like, you're going to have to beat them for all these titles at some point, whereas you could have gotten them all off of them now without them taking a pin. What do they have? They have IWGP, Ring of Honor, and do they still have AAA? They don't, right? Yeah, no, yeah, they Yeah, they're, st- they're still AAA. They do? Wow, Jesus. So now you got to beat them three, possibly four times before they're going to lose all these titles. No, yeah. maybe they're going to beat Bucks for the AEW titles, and then... You know, they'll probably lose. Do well, an no, but it's the, it's the flaw. And, and I love when people carry a bunch of titles and, you know, them winning the AEW titles, whether it's this summer with all those belts is going to be fun. But I think what Robert's mentioning is they do have to lose them at some point. And then so what happens is as opposed to just losing one title, you have to lose all like, especially since they are other companies. The other companies are going to want their guys to win. And so eventually they have to go to New Japan and lose to somebody. They got to go to AAA and lose to somebody. And they got to lose to somebody in AEW. They, they had an, I think part of the problem is you couldn't have United Empire win because they can't be the AAA tag champions because they can't compete in AAA because of the New Japan yeah. politics. Uh, you could have gone, I guess, Rapungi Vice. I, I don't know if they have free pass to it's, go everywhere, but, uh, you know. I mean, I, I love you know Rapungi it Vice. It's, it's every great wrestling man. story, honestly, where the end is going to be the end. And then the week after it's not going to be the same. It's, it's for everything, you know, it's hangman chasing the title. And then you go, well, what do we go? Exactly. And then even, you know, Becky before she had the title and then she got the title and it's a year of who gives a shit. Um, It's because the story being told is so great that after it happens, it's kind of just, you got to restart. And so the story here is they need to win the AEW titles. They're the best tag team in the world. And, and the Bucks act like they don't exist, which is so fun. Right. And the problem she, is they're going to win mean, those titles. Great, I mean, she had some great matches in that run. She had a match with Sasha to help Oh, sure. I, I'm not even talking about the matches. I mean, yeah, you but know, you're right. I mean, you are right. You it, know, it's, just, mean, it's just that's how everything works. It's how great stories work. It's just you have yeah. to stop and then start over, and it's never going to be as good as that great story. Um, Pac, yes, versus Clark Connors, Miro, Malachi Black. Um, Pac went over for the inaugural AEW All Atlantic Championship. Interesting choice. I think we all thought it was going to be Miro or Malachi Black. Clark Connors worked fine in the match, but you know, after seeing how great Shingo was in the next match, I'm like, look, I understand New Japan, their rules. It's like everything they got. You got to treat it like a real sport. So if you lose this tournament, you know, everything's got to make sense. And like, you know, the New Japan math brain of it all. But it. It, you know, this match would have been so much better with Shingo in it. And I thought it was, you know, the end, uh, the ending was like a, no, I like the I like the cover for this. I'm thinking about something else. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I thought Clark kind of took away from it a little bit. Maybe I'm being too harsh. Scott, what do you think? I thought it was fun. I thought, you, you know, the reason I liked Clark in it, and obviously I would have preferred, dude, I would have preferred Goto in it, who was in a tag match in the, in the uh, buy-in. But- I, I agree. But the crowd was so hot. I did like how the crowd got behind him. You know, they knew that this was a weird situation for him to be in. It definitely sucks to be in that situation where they had to pick you because you're the guy who fought Ishii to be in this spot. And like Dan said, you you know, they are trying to follow the rules. So with that, I thought it was a lot of fun, man. It was just a really fun match. I was expecting this to be match of the night and it wasn't. Uh, There was something in me that thought it would be. 
I was all prepared to shit on Clark Connors, uh, but then I found out he follows me on Twitter, and then I'm like, you know what? Hell really yeah. good guy. Love him. He's the best. Um, Miro is so over as a baby face. Like, that crowd was treating him like he was, like, Pete Brock. Goldberg. He was Brock. He, yeah. it, was, it was the way they were, they were screaming game over. Like, they're all in on this guy, and it's awesome. It felt like you were moving to a, a Miro-Malachi Black feud with the, with the blackness spit, uh, spit in his face. But then there was no real follow up. And based on other things that may transpire this week, that if you haven't watched Rampage yet, we're not going to spoil anything. But theoretically, it seems like they have different plans for House of Black than them feuding with Miro. But it felt like you were setting up a pretty cool Miro Malachi Black feud, which I would be all for. Next, we have Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. Um, Thunder Rosa beat Tony by pinfall. I don't know what it is. You know, I thought it was decent, um, but I, I just don't know what it is about Tony since she's been in AEW. I, I thought she had such great matches in NXT and NXT UK. And we just haven't, I don't know if it's because she's, she lost some weight. So she doesn't have the same, like, you know, like, like tear your head off sort of like, like when she used to throw far forearms, I was like, damn, this girl should be in fucking Japan. You know, like it was real stardom type shit. Um, but, you know, it seems like she's, I don't know. It just seems like she lost a step. What do you think, Scott? Uh, I don't, I don't know about lost. She is a stardom, right? She was in stardom. She was, yes. And that's, and that's why they picked her. It definitely, you know, look, I, I, I think this was the, the, it was a good match, but it was probably worst match of the night compared to anything else, right? And I don't know whose fault that is. It's weird with them where Britt wins the title and you're like, hell yeah, Britt has the title. And then she doesn't have any good matches that are like, you know, aside from with Thunder. And then you go, you got to give Thunder the title because she's the worker. Then you give Thunder the title and it's like, man, I don't give a shit about any of this either. And so, whoo, I don't know what you do. I really don't. You know, you know what it is? It's like, it's like the, you say it all the time on this podcast. Uh, WWE is the best women's division in the world. And they're in, they're in such a place with their women's division where they're so, you know, I know there's some great people in stardom as far as in-ring work, Siori, Tommy, but uh, it, it, they're in such a position. It's, you know, like in AEWWE feels like genuine competition, but, you know, like right now the women's division still feels like WWE TNA. It, it just does, you know, and, you know, you're going to need a bunch of, you're going to need a, you're going to need a huge makeover to make it, you know, on the other, to, to make it to the other side of this. So the, uh, the AEW women's division is treated like a women's division, whereas on WWE TV, they treat their women's division like it's just another division. They don't, they don't give that caveat. Like they will put them in the opening segment. They'll be closing the show. And it's weird that the WWE is slightly more reverential towards their women's division than AEW is. And they have more women viewers because of it. They have more women viewers because of it, but you didn't do them any favors by putting Thunder Rosa in there against another babyface, where the crowd did not know who to really support. So all you're doing is hurting Thunder Rosa even more. She's been off TV for a while. The smart marks hate her because they think that, that she was sandbagging against Jamie Hayter. 
uh, which only got, you know, escalated because Britt Baker was liking tweets that were saying this. So you already have a little bit of ill will with her. She was barely on TV the last few weeks to build up this feud. And then you put her in a babyface, babyface match on a show where you weren't obviously you weren't bringing anybody in from New Japan uh, since they don't have uh, female wrestlers in it. You didn't. This is the one time you really didn't need a women's match on this show. Like they could have saved this for dynamite or rampage and it would have been just fine and, and i mean like this is a rampage spoiler but you know Wait, they, they, yeah, okay yeah rampage and then fast forward 15 seconds starting now all right go <laughs> okay so yeah they they in rampage tony and thunder rose to kind of hook up right at the end of it Wait, and, what? Wait, no, wait. Isn't it don't they kind of no, I mean like hook up as a tag team? Con? What? I I oh, well, you said Tony and her hook up. I assumed Tony Con. No, no, not like t- not like fuck. Although Oh. Okay. No, I mean like, you know, it's it's going to become like Nyla Road. They're going to go anyway. All right, dude's with the attitudes. Go, or, already- for those of you who just fast forwarded cuz you didn't want to get that spoiler, go back and listen because yeah, go Dan, back. Dan no Stroke spoiler. Went full force there. I have, I even, I know the spoilers, and I don't know what the fuck Dan was just saying. So that was pretty amazing, <laughs> dudes. With, yeah, I'm a little off today, dudes with attitudes. Darby Allen, you know, not having Mike here. I'm a little step. I'm used to, you know, three men. I'm not used to two men. If you want to can fidget with an action figure, if it'll make you feel more at home, <laughs> you can stop paying attention halfway through the podcast. <laughs> dudes with attitudes. Darby Allen, Sting, and Shingo Takagi. Defeated the Bullet Club, El Fantasmo, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson with Hikaleu. Uh, the most fun spot ever was in the beginning of this match. Sting dove uh, from uh, the top of the entrance ramp uh, onto onto the heels. It was a blast. There was a there was a, I mean Sting was the real star of this match. Although, like Sting and Fantasmo, I mean Fantasmo, I really thought that made made Sting look great and. Fantasmo, he's a fantastic wrestler, but he was great at comedy spots in this match. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love the sting, you know, bouncing back from the super kicks and knowing no selling it. It was just the crowd was on fire. It just it just felt like the most fun house show match ever. What did you think of this guy? Yeah, you know what I liked about El Fantasmo in it too, other than he is such a good time and he is so fun and he is a good wrestler. If if you aren't a new Japan fan and somehow you ended up watching this. Um, he, yeah, Robert, he does come off like the young bucks. Like if you're unfamiliar, you go, oh, this is a group of guys who act like this. And that isn't bullet club. Uh, but El Fantasmo is very much like Nick and Matt. And I thought that was a lot of fun to see, to, to see them act like fools. And then to see them get their asses kicked by sting four different moments in the match. It was just a lot of fun. Shingo was great in it. I wish Hiroma was in it, but what the hell can you do? Yeah, this felt like uh, it should have been every match on the card, but there was a few where you got like a really overwhelming sense of, oh, wow, these are two companies working together. And this felt like that. Yeah, uh, I think when Sting first dove off the top of that stage or whatever it was, it reminded me, it's a weird thing to like bring back, like when South Park first started and there was a running gag where Stan's grandfather kept trying to kill himself because he didn't want to live anymore. <laughs> it's starting to feel like that with Sting. Like he's he's <laughs> desperately just trying to end it all. They're doing um, the Tim White angle, but with they, maybe this was a Tim White tribute. And I did get that feeling from Phantasmo that this felt like a comedy wrestler to some degree. Like they did like the, the nipple twister at one point. 
And I'm just like, oh, well, like that was the only the only botch of the match was, I mean, which was Sting yeah. forgetting that that happened, that that yes, was that was super spot. weird when and Sting walked out of the room. Him to come in. Yeah, he like hopped out of the he hopped out of the ring, and then I was it just was like, like oh, a no. little Joe Biden moment in the middle of the match. A little Biden, but it was it was fine. And again, you look at the guys that are in this match, and you're like, who do you think's gonna lose? It wasn't that hard, but it was it was fine and indicative of this show. It was a fun show with zero consequences because you went to Dynamite and the Young Bucks. At no point in time are they bringing up that they uh, that they lost, and you just kind of. This thing happened. It existed in an alternate universe, and we move on going forward, which was fine. Crowd loved it. They were happy, so it's a win. Uh, what did uh, we already went to that? Um, who do you see as far as like? I mean, Scott, were you a little disappointed though, in the sense that like, like the Bucks didn't have like a pure work rate match on this pay per view? Like, would you think it would have been oh, better for the tag titles? Like. In with a, a more with a tag team, like you a know, feud like, with God or something. Um, yeah, like something that would be able to like bring more eyeballs or or do sure, just go. Sure, it. I mean, it definitely felt like the build to this was going to be Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and those two versus a group of guys. But yeah, they got hurt. So I mean, yeah, maybe that would have been in terms of storyline. You, it would have felt more. Oh, this is relevant this makes sense yeah i thought there was going to be more bullet cub drama within the match between the bucks and el fantasmo and hikaleo but- uh next up i think it, a universally match of the night and it, it fits into my theory that the best matches are like 16 or 17 minutes those are my favorite matches a lot of the time but it was will osprey uh it was singles match for the united states heavyweight championship iwgp united states heavyweight championship will osprey uh, defeated Orange Cassidy by pinfall. We uh, we also get an entrance from what, what the guy who was injured. For, what's his name, Scott? At the end, that came uh, and and killed. Uh, oh, Shibata, Shibata, man, how Shibata nice came that? out and 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 beat up Osprey. So clearly, they they have an idea for that match in New Japan, either you know later on in the year. But uh, yeah, man, I thought this match was pretty perfect. Um, as far as, I mean, it just felt like, you know, like the big, like it, there were comedy spots in it that were super fun, but it was, it was still just a really well put together match. And I mean, out of everybody on this show from New Japan, I think Osprey came across as the biggest star. What, what do you think, Scott? Brother Osprey, I was thinking about this the, the entire time. Osprey and FTR are the, only guys who I think sold this entire pay-per-view in a way that their brawls, did you watch the brawl on rampage um, before, you know, cause every show ends with a brawl, but the rampage show ended with a brawl with uh, Osprey's boys and FTR and all of them. And it was the only great brawl during all of this. Uh, yeah. I thought Osprey is went above and beyond. I think he's proven to everybody watching that. Oh, there is a guy out there who who may be number one and he's not a uh, part of your favorite companies. I thought it ruled. We knew it was going to rule. It was funny. It, it was. Yeah, there was just some awesome moments. And, you know, Cassidy got that new music on Dynamite. He was supposed to come out to it this night. And it does feel like they hit not a reset, but like a there's something where they're going to push this guy to the moon again. And I think he's going to be a little more physical. I think it's going to be 
a lot cooler. Why did they replace that song? Is it just so? I'll, I, I, what they replaced it with? They replaced it. With, now I'm going to be like the fucking Excalibur of this. Well, you know what happened was is years ago he used to come out to this song by Jefferson Starship called Jane, and they acquired the rights to that song because uh, it's what he used to wrestle in the Indies in front of 30 people, and those 30 people really cared as opposed to the fantastic Pixies song, well, which was now. one of my highlights of the show. But they got rid of that now because Robert. they wanted to appease the 35 people at PWG who were there to see him no. in an opening match, and it was fantastic. The Tony song- Khan went on a rant during his <laughs> press conference because he was upset that it got leaked, that somebody in AEW spoiled this, and he was yeah. like, like chastising people like how dare you like somebody like you ruined the surprise for everybody and i was like that's just stupid but there's not enough people that care about that surprise but the song rules hard the song is fine but i but i thought him coming out to that pixie song is so fucking good yeah but this is this is like wet hot american summer it is from wet hot american summer he has that vibe anyway and um you know he he does uh this match was it was depressing in a way for me because it's like the biggest takeaway from all of this is I like Will Ospreay. I want to see this guy on TV every week. He's a massive star and now he's going to go away. And the only way I can watch him is if I use the, the leaked New Japan password that I have uh, to, to watch New Japan World. And I'm not going to go ahead and do that. Um, it may or may not <laughs> be a Robert thing. Robert wants to watch fucking... The Miz uh, sell a program because it's you know why I can watch Miz sell a program. I turn on my TV like an old man. I go to USA Network and it's there. I don't need to log in anything. I don't need to watch it at six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Will Ospreay is a major star. They need to get him on TV more here in AEW. He could be a top guy for AEW as opposed to being in New Japan. I know he's got you know what he likes doing, and that's fine. But from seeing what he can do, this dude is fantastic. And I was worried about the match with him and Orange Cassidy going into it because I wanted to see Osprey have a better, slightly purer match. Uh, these guys fucking killed it. And the crowd loved it. And it was awesome. And Scott, you're right. This rejuvenated Orange Cassidy. And he is back to being a major star for them. And he's someone who should have been a major star these last eight to 12 months because he's super over. He delivers in the ring and he brings in a, a wide variety of an audience. This feels so weird praising AEW this much. So I must he was hurt, right? He was hurt. Yeah, but they just but even when he was hurt, he, they should have just used him on TV. Like you're, you're getting, you know, mileage out of Anthony Bowens when he was hurt for a long time. Could have just had Orange Cassidy come out there, give a thumbs up, walk away, and it would have been the highlight of the show. Yeah. I, I do want to say for New Japan fans, that Shibata moment was so huge and so fun. And uh, even with Cassidy and putting the sunglasses on him, that was that was awesome. That was awesome. I mean, I, that this whole segment was – I mean, the match and then the segment afterwards was, was for me the – I mean, I think gonna, everybody – I'm going to ask a, an unenlightened, stupid question. Kenta's in New Japan, right? Yeah, dude, yeah. brother, this feels like some CM Punk bullshit. So Kenta's been shitting on Punk since Punk's been in AEW, being like, you know, that's my move. He does it all the time. Yeah, like, yeah GTS is my move. He's funny about it. He's also right about it. And uh, he, he, he wanted the match with Punk. I think he was calling him out on Twitter. And Punk just doesn't acknowledge it. I think Punk's half acknowledged it once at a, one of those Tony Khan media scrums after a pay-per-view. 
And he was just like, well, some people, you know, you're supposed to take it as flattery, but it's flattery if you acknowledge who did the move. I don't think Punk ever said, oh, Kenta does this, you know, which was. No, this is like, this is Punk being a being hogan man where he's like if look if 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 that's why i'm not gonna draw money with this guy but dude kenta was not you know last year i think what was kenta the first guy kenta was the first guy from new japan to show up remember during the pandemic so it is weird i don't quite get it maybe tony's mad at him for the shit talking he was doing i don't know but it's like he's a guy who american audiences know because he was on nxt the audiences that watch AEW know him because he's come through the forbidden door before. Uh, he He's an established wrestler who would have gotten a reaction from this crowd. And there was just no presence from him whatsoever. And I thought maybe he was like super hurt and I just didn't know it, but it felt weird that he wasn't on this show. Yeah, Kenta needs more respect. I mean, remember remember when Kenta was the guy? I, well, he was awesome. I thought he, he was a fantastic in, wrestler. In terms of Joe, Danielson, Punk, it, it felt like they all wanted to be Kenta for, yes. for, for a minute there. That, that's how great Kenta was. And then injuries, you know, obviously brought it back. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Tony's such a nerd. He was like, oh, fans will think of Noah, not New Japan. But I don't think that's, that's very, it's very possible. That is actually. That sounds like some music shit he would do. Yeah. For like 20 the, people. Uh, yeah, absurd. Yeah. I mean, like, look, man. I mean, like, there's certain things that Tony doesn't do. Like, I was listening Eye to. Contact. Meltzer brought up a really good point today. Where he was like, dude, like the least you can do is on your Wednesday after a pay-per-view, fucking advertise the pay-per-view again for a rebuy. And they did that like maybe once. Like They, they did. Didn't... Tony Schiavone promoted you can get the encore presentation, which was a great old school phrase. And that was the only thing that made me happy. Yeah, I just it was just it just felt like they should have. I don't know. All right. Claudio Castigliani. Castiglione. <laughs> Castigliani. Claudio Castagnoli. Castagnoli, thank you. Uh, Defeated Zack Sabre Jr. by pinfall in a singles match. Very good match. Uh, What did you think of this, Scott? Yeah, this was was a lot of fun. Uh, Really just an awesome moment to see him show up. I love his music. Robert, do you like his music? Yes. Yeah, right? What what is that song? It's like a popular song. It's some old, I don't know what it is. It's some (laughs) like, yeah, whatever, but it was cool. I I like the song. I like that he's he looks good great in long pants i'm glad they don't have him in 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 tights anymore it made him look more of a like more of a major star uh it's the first time i'd seen zach saber jr in a while he i'm like creepy jim ross like he really filled out like he clearly they're not wellness testing over in japan he looks great uh and it was just a it was a fun technical brawling match and they and jim ross only called him cesaro like five times Man, Jim Ross, though, uh, there were a few moments he acknowledges like I, I understand pointing out, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, that wasn't. But he will just sit there and be like, you have to be an idiot to and yeah. he'll just, like, critique a, a thing they decided in the match. Not a uh, it, it's yeah, he kind of dude, he had a great moment. Like, I thought I was channeling Jim Ross at the beginning of the Will Ospreay match when Kevin Kelly's talking about like juice Robinson needs to bring back the title and Jim Ross says, let's just talk about the wrestling match. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Kelly is so much better than Jr. though now. And I Kevin guess, Kelly doesn't at all hate Jim Ross. They are stairs on super good terms. There's no <laughs> stories that I know of during their time together where Kevin Kelly wants to like hold Jim Ross underwater until his eye gets normal again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, if, if if that was possible, then Jeff Bezos would have done it. <laughs> Jay White, Jay White versus Hangman Adam Page, Okada, and Adam Cole by pinfall. This for me was kind of a bummer because it was a fantastic match that was really hurt by Adam Cole's injury at the end. The pin was kind of like, eh, whatever. Um, I, I wish Page had won. I think that that would have been good um, just because I don't know what you're going to do with Page during this period because, like, I would love to see a Page-Moxley feud, but I think that Moxley, they're clearly going to do Moxley, you know, you know, feuding with House of Black for like a month before they – you know, hint that Punk is going to be back and they do Punk Moxley. So there really isn't a lot of room for Hangman right now. And instead of like putting him in like a tertiary feud or something, you know, like, you know, have him go over to Japan. I think it would be great for the company too. And New Japan's hurting right now, but they went with, uh, they went with, you know, Jay Lethal, who's, I mean, Jay Jay White, White. sorry, wrong Jay, uh, who's uh, absolutely incredible. And, and he was wearing like, he looked like Michaels did when Michaels won the 1995 Royal Rumble. I loved his gear. What do you think about this, Scott? Scott's on mute. There we go. Sorry, I was checking out the roof. Can you have Robert answer that? And then, I, and then I'll jump right back on. Yeah. Robert, what, um, what do you think of this? In all honesty, it would have been better as two matches. I think having these guys in a four-way, given the fact that I personally would have loved to have seen uh, an Okada singles match, um, I, I think you would have gotten some more mileage out of it. You could have split these two off in some way, shape, or form. And it are could you have impressed been... by Okada as not a New Japan fan? I've seen Okada wrestle plenty of times. Yes. So I mean, it was. I think he didn't get an opportunity to shine in this match in the way that he would have, and it would have in a singles match. And I said this going into this show when we talked about it last week. You want to put him in front of the American audience, and you want them to be like, "We've heard about this guy. We've heard about this guy. Now you see him." And it's unquestionably like, holy shit, this is a once in a generation talent so that the next time he comes back, the next time there's a forbidden door pay-per-view or a one-off, more people are excited to see him, which brings more money to New Japan and AEW. Putting him in a four-way, all these guys who are talented, uh, you're hindered by the fact that it is four guys and you have to work around some of those spots. So I think having two singles matches, in my opinion, would have been better. I understand because Okada's wife was pregnant. They weren't sure if he was going to really be able to be a part of the show, which is why at one point they said he wasn't. So it felt thrown together when it shouldn't have. And then, yeah, Hangman Page is so often like drifting off in the woods that when, and we'll get to this when we talk about Dynamite, but I was talking to a, a buddy about the show and I was talking about who they should keep or cut. I forgot Hangman Page was in AEW. Like he had no presence on Dynamite. And in terms of guys who weren't on that I want to see more of, he wasn't on that list, and that sucks because he's a really talented wrestler that they have bungled spectacularly, and it sucks because he doesn't deserve that treatment. Scott, what do you think of this match? Yeah, I thought it was one of the better four ways. Uh, I don't like four ways. I, I didn't think it came off too contrived. I, I thought they did a good job of, of kind of setting their moments. And then the ending was brutal. It sucked. Uh, yeah, I guess he you know became concussed and you know, when you're watching it, it doesn't, you don't go, oh, he's concussed. You go, oh, he fucked up his spot. And it, it just felt really weird. And like, a oh, and just, drag. just for the record, for the people who think like Mike, who's, who's obviously not here this week, not happy about it either. There were people who were like, oh, Mike must be so happy. Like, no, he's not happy that, that Adam Cole got hurt. Like he, he just cause he's not a huge fan of the guy. It's like, no, he, he obviously wants him to be on TV and, and earn a living. It sucks when anybody gets hurt. Um, at least they found a way to kind of get out of the match and not the worst injury we saw this week. 
Ooh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But again, really, the the beginning of the match, that that moment where the crowd, everybody stood up uh, for the four of them. Again, another moment where you go, oh wow, this really does feel like a forbidden door situation where you're kind of in this uh, cool little universe where this gets to happen. Oh, and stupid little thing I like the Okada robe uh little tidbit and they're like he wrote all of his accomplishments like they had all of his accomplishments sewn into the robe yeah it's, it's such a cool robe. i can't believe nobody's ever thought of doing that before oh, so good in rest. Yeah. it's so fucking cool really enjoyed those will that's how mrs whole character is oh miss should absolutely time. rip this off yeah <laughs> you know what I mean, you repre- you rip- <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna text miss right now of course not um, that would be unprofessional and wrong i'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, dm him <laughs> <laughs> john moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, a uh, singles match for the interim AEW World Championship. Actually, Miz doing that would be great because it would piss off the smart marks. So, oh, he stole it from Okada. You know, it's it's like the per- it's actually the per- like when Punk steals something from Kante, you're kind of like, stop, mom and dad are fighting. I like both you guys, but like Miz doing it is perfect. All right, John Moxley versus Ter- Hiroshi Tanahashi a singles match for the interim AEW world championship followed by a brawl to, um, to get people hyped for blood and guts, which we will also be talking about. What did you think of this match, Scott? <laughs> Man, this match was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the build is weird. When you picked on Hashi for a build, it's odd because he, he's only going to stand there and smile and point his finger at you. But the match <laughs> itself I thought was, was, was awesome. I really did. And then that ending, I don't even mind if you want to advertise blood and guts. You've been doing that. Okay, okay. Rewatch it. And anybody who watched it and is in New Japan, you had to have felt this way. Nobody helped Tanahashi up. He lays down the entire brawl. He gets up by himself after the brawl, and they still do not acknowledge him at all. It's... um. Did you ever see this thing Patton Oswalt once did on an episode of? Yes, of, yeah, is it King so of great. Queens. King of Queens. Where, yeah, he just stays. All time favorite. He moment. just stands there and stares into space in the background and remains there during an entire scene that happens, uh, even though he wasn't supposed to. That's what it felt like. It's just Tanahashi laying down while this whole scene plays out, and nobody helps him. Nobody picks him up. And my big problem with that is this was a fucking New Japan AEW show. Pick the guy up and the show with with an AEW wrestler and a New Japan wrestler shaking hands or acknowledging how great each other are. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was a, a huge bomb in that moment where I went, is there actual tension between all these guys? Because nobody even looked at Tanahashi. It was so weird. What do you think of this, Robert? Uh, I was not a, a huge fan of this match. Um, I think part of the, the challenge for me is Again, hearing all this time about how amazing Tanahashi is, and he's one of the greatest, and he's this generation's Bret Hart, or Sting, as Jim Ross kept saying, and he was just a, a, a guy. It was just, it was a match. I didn't think it was a, a spectacular match. I also thought it hurt a little bit seeing that John Moxley just got booed out of the building for the majority of it, and I don't think that's great for you to see as a as a fan watching that currently their top baby face is, is getting booed because the crowd wants to cheer for Tanahashi. So you did a baby face, baby face match where it did a little bit more damage to Moxley than, than otherwise. And then in the end, 
it went like not to go back to like the original one night stand, but it was like they pushed the panic button at the end. They're like, you know, send the send the Raw and SmackDown invaders like, fuck, we got to promote uh, blood and guts and send, send everybody out. And we end on a brawl promoting dynamite, which I don't know how thrilled New Japan was about that either. It's like this whole show was existing in a bubble. And then the very like the last two minutes were go watch dynamite, which as a WWE guy, as, as that guy, I love that. I think that's fantastic. You're, you're making use of it, but for keeping this sort of pure within that world, I don't think you needed to do the hard sell to go tune into dynamite because anybody that was willing to order forbidden door, you got them in the bag. They're showing up and they're watching fucking dynamite. You don't need to give uh, the little extra at the end. Well, actually, that's not true according to Meltzer, but how many Scotty Meltzer flaming bowling pins would you give this, Robert? Uh, considering I watched it after the fact and was able to kind of zip through some of the uh, the the matches, like the uh, like the women's match, uh, from what I saw, I would say uh, you know three and a half. I think for the fans that this was appealing to them, they probably loved it in terms of what this did to help AEW. I don't think it helped him a ton. So it was it was fine. I really enjoyed the Osprey match. I enjoyed the Claudio match. Uh, there were some fun moments. I'll go, you know, three and a half. Scott? Yeah, you got Claudio's debut. You got the Osprey match, which was a huge moment. The Shibata moment. Bucks' Bullet Club, the Sting thing. Whoo, four? Four? I would do 4.25 just because yeah, of the crowd. The and Japanese man, announcer. If you guys didn't see it, they had a Japanese announcer too, which was super fun. Yeah. And the matches really just just uh, so, so damn good. Did, the, did Red Shoes? He wasn't there, right? Was he there? I don't remember. I didn't him. see him there, but the funniest thing was Justin Roberts. might have retired last year. Uh, I don't know. The funniest Sorry, thing was Justin Roberts doing this big bombastic entrance for everybody. And then the New Japan ring announcer just like casually saying the names of people. Oh, it was the most it. apparent when it was Claudio because they're like really saying, he's like, it's Claudio Castagnoli. Claudio Castagnoli. It's like, oh shit. Like fake it a little bit. And, and in case you guys don't know, Scotty Meltzer is the brother of Dave Meltzer. He is a corporate magician comedian, and it's the greatest. He's a juggler. Uh, to, he's, he's a juggler. That's right. It's one, it, is, uh, it is the greatest thing ever. All right, time for Dynamite or Dud. I'll just separate this by uh, blood and guts and not blood and guts. So hour one was all not blood and guts. Uh, Ethan Page versus Orange Cassidy. Wardless uh, has a segment with Scorpio Sky backstage. A Christian Cage promo, which was like the most, like, he was just throw, like, I've never seen a guy just toss heat. Like, it was just like, I'm just going to do every heel trick in the book on this. Um, FTR and Danhausen versus the Acclaimed and the Ask Boys. A Jade Cargill match, uh, a Young Bucks promo. You know, I, I thought this was this first. I, I, I like uh, heel Luchasaurus a lot. Um, although this happened during the Luchasaurus match. My wife watched Dynamite with me last night. And she goes, wait, wait, what is that character? I'm like, oh, he's a dinosaur. He's a he, She's like, and he's a bad guy. I'm like, he's a bad guy. But when he was a good guy, he wasn't a dinosaur. And I go, no, he was a good dinosaur then. And then she left the room. <laughs> I guess she was like, I can't do this. Uh, but I think it would be like... very easy to make a dinosaur turn heel, though, right? Like, you could trick a dinosaur into becoming a heel. Like, maybe Christian's feeding him the last, you know, some treats the last few weeks or something. He, he, he looked awesome. 
you know, oh, it looked so cool. The music was fun. Was that like a comet? It, it felt like a comet was crashing into. Yeah. Is that the idea they were going for? Yeah. And then he comes yeah. out. Yes. It was originally, really he, was going, he was going through brimstone and hellfire. Yeah. I thought FTR <laughs> yeah. looked like complete fucking stars during this. Um, Ethan Page and Art Cash, I thought was okay. Um, Wardlow continues to struggle on the mic. The Jade Car, I love the Jade Cargill character, but that whole fucking segment, I love Stokely. I love Stokely. But that whole segment was like, that match is brutal, man. And it was like, and it's like, why are you going to have Stokely there if you grab the fucking mic from him? Like, what's the point? You have one of the better talkers in the company, and then you grab the mic from him. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, and the Young Bucks promo was, eh, but they had to, you know, promote an eh thing that I don't care about. Hey, do Scott, you think that you think- was acknowledging Hangman in that promo, in the Bucks promo, where they were like, we do have one friend, and they were like, this, these titles. No, they were talking about their titles. Well, but they paused for a second. And if you remember, uh, Man, they I looked think at they got the No, I think they were doing that to tease like there was somebody else from Bullet Club Dude, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be Mike here, but like, I think they got to like fucking, this whole fantasy of then Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, and them all coming together as baby faces. I don't think anybody is going to care about it as much as they think is going to care about it. Like, I think they have a really good thing going with their own booking. You don't have to like, bring in all the shit that happened at new Japan and ring of honor and Twitter. I mean, that's my, and I'll talk about it in uh, the main event, but sometimes I just feel like, like, like WWE doesn't acknowledge to the point of it being a fault. And they do acknowledge to the point of it being a fault. Am I being too hard here, Scott? It depends on what you're talking about. Well, I'm talking about in the sense that like, if this all leads to like the elite coming together as a babyface team, like this eventual story is Kenny and Hangman and the Bucks all coming together as babyfaces. Do you think the audience will really care about that? Um, I I think it's going to take a lot longer than just Kenny returning. I think they're yeah. going to have to get there. But yeah, I think they could get there. Of course, people like cheering those guys. But I think Kenny is just such a good heel in the Bucks, too. I, I wouldn't want to do that if I was them. Let Kenny come back and be jealous of Cole. Let Cole become a face. Uh, maybe I wouldn't have said that a few months ago, but that's the way to save Cole is turn him face. And, and Kenny can do whatever, you know? Yeah, I don't know if you can save him, but Robert, what do you think? Uh, hour one, I actually liked a lot of hour one. I'm surprised. I like Dan Lambert in this little segment, uh, demanding to see manager's licenses, the whole thing with the orange juice. It made Orange Cassidy look like a big star. Ethan Page is now nothing more than cannon fodder, which is a pretty decent amount of their roster is basically cannon fodder at this point. But it was a fine match. He's a guy to, you know, beat. And it reestablished like, hey, Orange Cassidy's here and he's over. Uh, Christian's promo. Yeah, it's the second week of he's doing uh, the Edge's Judgment Day light. It's anything that's going to get a reaction. It's, from the it's crowd. better than Edge's Judgment Day. Uh-huh. It, I, I it, it's better. No the way, turtle, dude. No I, way. I'm, I'm, would you let me agree with you? Jesus, fuck. <laughs> the turtleneck is I, this is. I hate this argument. The, 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 the let me agree with you argument. The, the turtleneck. <laughs> the turtleneck is he. But he's lit because you know why it's better because he's just out there like, I hope your whole family was dead except your mom because I want to fuck your mom. <laughs> like, fine. Like, it's if that's what's going to get you heat. Cool. <laughs> I love heel Luchasaurus. It's Kane without like the, the pro-life bullshit. So he's still kind of a baby face in my eyes. Uh, Serpenico selling. But he's anti-stem cell research, which is, uh, I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a medieval literature major. Like this guy's a fucking nerd. I like him. Um, 
It was weird they put him with Serpentico just because this is a nitpick of booking, but if you're going to sell this guy as a monster and you're fucking scared, I want to see the face of the jobber. I don't want a guy under a mask where you're not able to see like this guy doing the oh shit. Like Serpentico tried, but you should have put someone in there where you can see their face and they're just like, oh, I'm going to die and I'm going to get killed by this dinosaur and Dan's going to have to explain this to his wife. Like that would have been fun. Um, yeah, but like I loved, I loved Serpentico when he put Hook over. I, I kind of, I kind of dig him being the Barry Horowitz. I'm for fine that. with him being Barry Horowitz. It was just, a, I said it was a nitpick of I want to see like register it on your face that you're scared hard to do when you're wearing a mask. Uh, Danhausen grew on me. I will admit that I, it's as weird and stupid as this thing is. It's kind of entertaining, and him bringing out FTR and being like, I think these guys are good at wrestling was kind of funny. I love Max Caster's rap where he referenced uh, Flint, Michigan and making him drink the water. That was good. They're all over. I I, I love the acclaimed. I love uh, I, I kind of like the gun club in the fact that this is old school WWF attitude era. You're in the lower mid card and you're going to go out there and you're going to find something to get yourself over. And the crowd is all in for it. It's like when they put rockabilly and and the real jesse james together and you got the new age outlaws like there there's the magic of wrestling when you when it's not over scripted and you're letting these guys go out there and it's sink or swim but the problem is there's a lot of guys in AEW who have sunk and they just haven't cut bait on a lot of them but when you have because you 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 have, let me have so much tv time letting these guys go out there in front of a crowd and get a response they all seem like big stars in this match. That's a huge, huge fucking win. Uh, and then they cut to Sutton Singh and Jay Lethal. So, and then talked about how they're doing Death Before Dishonor. So we just got through with wasting valuable TV time to promote another company's shitty pay-per-view. Well, at, at least continuity. it's his companies. At least and it's that, but who cares? Ring of Honor doesn't really exist. It's like one of those like restaurants that only like that are like only exist on uh, on Uber Eats, but they're like the back of a it, Chili's. It, it's 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 like the one blockbuster that's still around. You know, I like that one. There's a that that Netflix documentary on them is awesome. Uh, and then yeah, this Jade Cargo Layla Gray. I'm like so. She beats the girl. She proves that she's a total fucking loser. And now she's part of her group. Makes total sense to me. It, it was it was just a mess. What do you think of this first hour, Scott? I thought it was fun. I mean, pretty much everything Robert said for the most part. It was uh, it was nice to see them. You know, it was another refresh button. It was like, oh, after a pay-per-view. And, and what I'm excited about next week is I think next week is going to feel the exact same way. Um, well, next week we're going to get Wardlow's world. Exactly. We're getting Wardlow's, t- you know, new t- TNT title champion, which is, a, you know, a fun direction to go. And also Blood and Guts is over, which you go, thank goodness. God damn. Uh, this feud has been going on uh, for what feels like, what, since October, it feels like. So I'm, I'm glad that's over. And yeah, everything just worked out for me. I like Luchasaurus a lot. What we're going to get Jack Perry now. He's going to come back as Jungle Jungle Boy Jack Perry or Jungle Jack. He should. I mean, that's the you can't just yeah. call him Jungle Boy. I yeah, mean, it's, it's like I'm Jungle Jack Perry. I, I hope they don't change the song because the song is a banger and everybody knows it. No, but he definitely needs to, don't change the song. He, he needs to come out. He needs to come out in his dad's leather jacket. And yep. Mo- give that, him a motorcycle. Give him a nine. That's fucking Dylan, awesome. Dylan motorcycle. I want. Yes. Give. I don't know about the motorcycle because they'll figure out a way to fuck it up. But have him come out in his dad's jacket, like how Ronda Rousey was coming out in Piper's jacket for a while. Like, just go all in on it. Um, 
and they could probably get the rights to the 90210 theme. Yeah. Uh, quite frankly, I can't imagine that's that's terribly hard to uh, spend money on. But yeah, that was uh, that was a great episode of Dynamite. We didn't All even right. talk about the blood and guts match. Well, that's yes. totally separate. That's a that's <laughs> that's blood and guts. All right. Well, I I mean blood and guts. There's so much fun stuff for me in this. Um, and then there was some stuff that I think could have been better. But like the I'll just go through my. Notes the Jericho Appreciation Society outfits were hysterical and awesome. Um, the Sammy spot, look, man, people are like, oh, you could see it's a crash pad. It still looked really good, especially because we remember the last crash pad spot with Jericho, and that just looked like him testing out a mattress. So I, I, I thought it was cool. Um, 2.0 or, you know, Matt Maynard and uh, Angelo. Um, what's it, Angelo Parker? Parker. No, that's, that, that's that, yeah. Yeah, Parker. They're, they, they, they did, uh, I thought they had some awesome spots. I love the thumbsback spot. I love the Jesus Christ superstar spot outside. Um, I f- I'm, I'm going through all my positive stuff first. Um, everything that Claudio does looks good. Like it is the best, he has the best sharpshooter since Brett, 100%. Nobody else has even come close. Um, I like this match more in hindsight because like when it was happening, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like some of it wasn't really like some of it wasn't their fault, like not realizing where the commercial breaks were. So you had that Eddie uh, Kingston Jericho stare down in picture in picture and the punches for it were kind of weird. But um, in hindsight, I, I just like thought about this match all day. And there were so many things that oh, I was like, Oh, that was fun. That was really fun. Uh, I miss them calling spots. The, the thing that I will, the, the two things that I'm going to harp on with this match that kind of took me out on a little bit. Number one, I finally realized what's wrong with Jake Hager. He just moves weird. I, I didn't like realize, like, I was like, why don't I like this guy's wrestling more? Cause he's a big dude and he's got like an amateur background. And that's usually a recipe for me really, really loving somebody. And he just doesn't move. Like he had a really great amateur background. He, he just moves like, an old man. And the other thing that I want to talk about is this is another, this is another example of, of Tony thinking that the internet is, is bigger than it is. Like they had Claudio come out on Sunday. They mentioned there was beef with him and Eddie. They should have had something backstage in that first hour between Eddie and Claudio. So we saw a little bit of the tension there, but instead it's just like, you know, it's it's tell rather than show. So we just were being told that they have a problem. And then at the very end, after, like, I thought the, the finish was great with the two submissions and Eddie Kingston getting pissed at Claudio. But I'm like, this would have been so much better if you guys had actually fucking explained this and taken taken the time for having a segment between these two of you were a dick to me on the indies. Like something, but, man. But, but I, I, I think that's part of King, Kingston's feud with everybody is everyone is a little unsure why he's feuding with with these people to the point where you go, Eddie is immature. Eddie has a problem. Eddie snaps. Eddie can't get along with people. And explaining it would give Eddie justification, which you don't want, because you, you want to be a little confused about why Eddie is the way he is, at least right but, now. But they've already done that, Scott, with, with Punk and Brian. You know what I mean? And it's like, Claudio, well, yeah, yeah. which is great. It was great with them. And it's like, you kind of already, you didn't even need to hear it because they're such big stars. The story is right there. But Claudio, it's like, Claudio 
isn't that huge. He wasn't Cesaro wasn't that huge of a star in WWE. So it really is the story of like the corporate guy versus the indie guy, you know, sure, rather than sure. the star versus the guy who didn't make it. So like I think you could have. I think you, there could have been more exposition. Well, That's I will say this, though. Did you see the video package before? Which I agree, it was just really Ruby Soho acknowledging the tension between Eddie and, and Cesaro. Yeah, yeah. But I did like that the video package made the entire feud about Eddie, which didn't really feel like it. what it's been. You know, there's been that part of it, but it felt very much like a Jericho feud. But that match felt well, that, like Kingston's story, bizarre, which I, I, I have liked a lot. That was I thought Ortiz was going to make Jericho tap, and that was going to be, well, he, you know him. him oh, Santana got hurt, right? Yeah, but Santana got. Oh, and that was the third thing. Santana apparently got. It's really bad. Oh, really? That's what I heard. It's just like whatever concussion thing that happened. It's it's not good. So <laughs> thoughts and prayers with that guy, man. Because I mean, it sucks. Because every time it seems like that guy starts to have a little momentum behind him, like some fucking bullshit happens. He's so good as a singles, too. He was uh, wrestling that that Puro. What, what, you remember that? That Pure pay-per-view? They're, they've done it like two or three times. Eh, anyway, that's it. Uh, vaguely. Um, what did you think of the match, Scott? Yeah, I thought it was fun. You know, I think there's like contrived moments and trying to catch your spot moments, stuff like that. I thought the cage looked really cool. I thought the story between Eddie and really everybody in the match was so much fun. The way he walked out to go after Jericho, just just whacking the guys in the head with the stick and in a more realistic way than uh, than wrestling usually is, was a lot of fun and really funny. So, yeah, it's cool moments, but I'm really glad this is over. Yeah. Robert. So first, the video package. I love that they did a video package. I love that they used Ruby to tell that little story about Claudio and Eddie. I love that they used Malenko. You're doing a multi-man cage match with guys entering one at a time. The only way you can win is by submission or quitting. You have Arn Anderson under contract. Why the fuck was he not in this video package? <laughs> like when you think war games, like I get Tully is kind of not on uh, AWTV's ring of honor guy, but like, Arn is just sitting in the back trying to ignore his son. Give him something to do. <laughs> Put him in this. It would have been fantastic. The order that they let that they I, had. I disagree. I think you just answered it. Brock Anderson should have been in it. Oh, Brock Anderson should have been in the match and won. It would have been great. Yeah. He should have been the mystery guy. Um, they really fucked up. The order of entrance was really well done. It's clear these guys laid this yeah, thing very, out very well, well starting with Claudio and Sammy and letting them, you know, do wacky spots was exactly the right decision um bringing in you know yuda at some point so he can get a little moment to shine and him and claudio together made yuda feel even bigger as part of like hey i'm part of this club and we're all in it uh regal on commentary was excellent regal was talking about like oh we had a strategy meeting and we had danielson there like he was so much fun and he put over moxley and claudio Better than just about anybody is like, you know, when I, when I fought Moxley, he ripped off my earlobe and Claudio is the guy that retired me from wrestling because he stomped on my head. Like, these are the guys you don't want to fuck with. It's like Regal's really good. Who's not good at commentary is uh, this Jim Ross guy. I don't know if you heard him. They brought him out for this match. That dude was fucking lost in the woods. Well, what's he doing lately? Because because, OK, 
they only brought him on for this last match. I, I assumed it was a New Japan thing at Forbidden no, Door. No, what Forbidden they're, Door, Scott, they what they're doing the is they match. finally are like, it's like they took suggestions I've been yelling, which is he's only going to be hour two of Dynamite and he's going to be on Rampage and they're going to go with Taz on commentary. Taz on commentary is great. I Dude, love Taz, Taz is a secret all-timer. You know? I've been, some, I love Taz. Yeah, if, if someone said Taz is my favorite ever, I'd go, okay, yeah, sure. If you, if you, are, a, if you are a Patreon member, Go back. There's an episode with me, Mike, and Scott where we talk about our Mount Rushmore of announcers, and we talk about how much we love Taz and how we want Taz to be on Dynamite. And this episode demonstrated why he's really good at being able to put guys over. Um, there were some, you know, comedy spots, and there's a lot of blood, uh, a lot of blood. Like that mat was soaked, and it feels like they had the finish booked with Danielson. That you have the tension with Kingston and Danielson. And that it would have been Brian making Menard tap and depriving Eddie of getting his real win. So you continue that tension. And instead, you just kind of plug Claudio in there. And while I, you know, I think that people kind of know the tension there. But to Dan's point, it wasn't really that that laid out. And it just felt like we're doing plug and play. We're putting Claudio into this because Eddie has a problem with Claudio in the same way he has a problem with Brian. And, and that's what we got. And the match was long for TV. Because you do get those commercial breaks. And I get you're doing picture in picture. And I've said this before, the last time they did Blood and Guts, call up State Farm, have them sponsor the whole fucking match, and do it commercial free. There's no reason not to do that, especially since you're not a publicly traded company. You're going to be able, you can get money for that being commercial free and make the match feel special as a, you have to tune in we're basically giving you a pay-per-view match for free and it's uninterrupted wwe has done that in the past uh, a few times and it works really well um i'm glad this is over i want jericho appreciation society to cut some of these members just because i don't need to see danny garcia and 2.0 really in there anymore like i'm happy with jericho i'm happy with sammy maybe even replace hager with with archer if you need somebody who's slightly less awkward in the ring and is a little bit more available but they they, this is the definitive end of it and i don't know who they're going to pivot to next uh you know best friends who the hell knows moving on to our high spot well before i get to high spot low spot i want to ask you guys who who wore the ridiculous wig better joey ryan at disneyland (laughs) or enzo sneaking in to survivor series which one in your mind i'd say the wig is better with joey but for me enzo wearing the wig and breaking in is is an all-timer yeah it's the it's the the enzo decision is you gotta remember that he was just living his life Joey Ryan, for those who don't know, he got fired from Disneyland or Disney World? Disneyland. 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 And what he was on the Jungle Cruise ride or something. Yeah. And, you know, all of his, I guess, the Me Too issues he had uh, with people a few years back, they, Disney didn't notice it because they didn't look up his real, you know, it's only under Joey Ryan, I guess, all of those allegations if you look him up online. And they looked up his real name. And so he was working on a Disney cruise and then he got fired. And that's the story. And oh boy, did he have a silly wig though. (laughs) And you know, like, do you think at Disney, like before they fire you, they go, uh, Hey, can you take off the wig for like, is that a sign that you're getting fired? Or do they just fire you in your outfit? 
Like, do you, they you know, like the, he has to like take off the he has to like take off the wig like an like a cop gives the badge or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do they let you wear the? Yeah. Does Aladdin like have to put down a poo before you fire him? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, the, see, the nice thing, like at least the Enzo wig, he did that of his own volition. Like this is a forced costume of Joey Ryan. Like he's sitting there. It's like a few years ago, I was led to the ring by an army of giant inflatable penises in a massive arena, and now I have to wear this stupid fucking wig and be on the Jungle Cruise ride, which is somehow just—it's a bigger indignity than being fired. Um, but uh, I'm glad he was fired for it uh since it sounds like he was less than forthright with his uh application the and only thing is like if he's not going to jail like he sh- what is he supposed to be homeless now like he, no like, he just probably shouldn't Depot be in a job where shit. he's working at disney around yeah, you know true. children and families uh when you have the allegations against him that were enough to kick you out of pro wrestling an industry where there's numerous murderers we've talked <laughs> go, about. On go, go, to, go to Six Flags and be Pepe Le Pew, Joey Ryan. Yeah, but also there's a thing, and Dan probably knows when when you when you're out in LA and you're trying to succeed and things start falling apart, you know, some guys land on Disneyland for a little while. Like it is kind of part of people's fall sometimes, or even their attempted rise. A lot yes. of people end up at Disney, and. And I think in his head, he still wants to be an entertainer. And so instead of getting a regular shitty job, he got the entertainer shitty job. And there's nothing wrong with working in an amusement park. And that like Christopher Daniels for years was part of the water world thing. Yeah. At Universal. Yep, yep. And he was it was great in it. Uh, and, and, you know, Scott, to your point, anyone that's seen swingers like that was the whole bit with Ron yeah. Livingston wanting to go. You know, I, I the interview was goofy. It's like, who cares? It's entertainment. I, I know some people who've worked as Disney cast members and they do well, but Disney does check on this shit. And, you know, if you're the dick flip guy, maybe uh, pick a less uh, high pro. Go work at Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> I think you should be a male escort. Just be a male escort. Stack your money, dude. No, because he's not going to compete so with Buff Bagwell. You oh, make you so little. As a male whore, you make yeah. so... I was, talking I was to a my male gay... whore, and all I got was this... Yeah, No, I was talking about the gay asshole. friends about it, because like we, uh, they were like talking about women prostitute prices versus male prostitute prices. And you can get like a dime piece as a guy for like 200 bucks. So, All right. It's that's, an enough about, that's Man Whore Corner with Dan St. Germain. I feel like that's going to involve a lot of cuddling after, too. Like it's, <laughs> it's just all emotional. You're just like, you know, cleaning off potato chip crumbs and holding her. Could you imagine the fucking the uh, it would be like the only people who would buy him would be pro wrestling fans, though, which would be super funny to like fuck Joey Ryan, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it sounds hilarious. Great. Oh, man. Hey man, we've had enough talking about wrestlers that became prostitutes. By the way, we're roasting Sunny this week. <laughs> yeah, man, this Sunny roast is going to be unbelievable. We're also going to be doing Money in the Bank. We're also going to have Twitter question back next week in honor of Mike. Um, we didn't do it this week because Twitter was down when I tried to do it. So hopefully Twitter's back up, or maybe either Antifa or the Proud Boys have have taken it over. I don't, I don't know. Maybe both. Maybe they're working together. But it's going to be awesome. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's get the high spot, low spot. Uh, my high spot, I'm going to give a shout out to all the Forbidden Dorks that I saw this week, you know, like, uh, you know, Forbidden Dorks I saw on Saturday, Forbidden Dorks I saw on Tuesday. 
I, I appreciate you guys being a fan of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for being patrons. I, I, I really, uh, it was great to see you and it was, it was fun to hang out. Uh, low spot. Um, Kenny Omega is apparently really fucked up and is nervous. I, I heard this on Meltzer today is he's nervous. He's not going to be able to do the same shit when he comes back. And, uh, and he's nervous. He's not going to be able to tell us tell the same stories in the ring. And I guess Terry Funk was nervous about this too at one point, but like the thing about Terry Funk is that like his stories don't need to look like Kenny Omega's like Kenny has held himself to such a standard that I don't know if anyone's going to follow it. So, yeah, I was, I was really bummed to hear that about Kenny and I, I hope he comes back and he's, you know, yeah, I saw that. He, like, he also said, he also said the next big setback he's done. He said, if, you know, if something happens in the ring, that's a big, big enough setback. He's not going to, he said, you know what? He's been doing three times a day therapy. It's super painful. It's a pain in the ass. So, uh, you know, also he was playing video games uh, while answering these questions. You know, that's how everybody answers questions now. Uh, so I don't know. He also said Abushi's shoulder wasn't healing properly. You forget how long they've been as good as they are because AEW is is so new. But this has yeah. been what since 2016. These guys have been, you know, the guys putting on the best matches. So that's seven years of, of killing yourself. If I did the math right, probably not. Who's your high spot low spot this week, Scott? Hey, my high spot, uh, if it is true. So the the WWE music guy was showing like examples of this could be a spoiler. So fast forward 15 seconds. It's not a spoiler of a show. Um, but anyway, uh, so he's he's scrolling through, like showing examples of whatever, how he does the music. And they have a list of, of the music and Jordan Grace's name is on it. And she's a, a, a TNA uh, women's wrestling she's damn good i think she's engaged to gresham or married to jonathan gresham yeah she's i think they're together yeah yeah so uh she's super talented and just talking about you know how they do need good women's wrestlers and i know look athena showed up and we we thought ruby soho was going to help things and we thought tony was going to help things but the, the more the mary and jordan is is awesome so that's my high awesome. spot my low spot is just all the injuries man just even you know, after we recorded last week, it was like there was there was an oh oh uh Santana Adam Cole yeah and then Takahashi was like sick and couldn't make it to Forbidden Door. But a whole so bunch many... of people apparently had COVID and they had to redo a lot of dynamite. Oh wow! Okay, oh, wow. yeah, that feels that that feels real. Uh, yeah, so just all that shit, just the the injuries and the people getting colds and stuff. Uh, no good. Robert. Uh, I'll start with my low spots. I want to end on a positive note here. Uh, my low spot, Glenn Jacobs still has Twitter and, uh, <laughs> he's deciding to ruin any good faith he has, uh, left, uh, with his audience. He's tweeting about Roe v. Wade being overturned. He's tweeting about how great it was that Trump. What has he said about Roe v. Wade? Uh, I wrote, I made a tweet about I, it. I, I the, the thing that he said about Trump, by the, I actually agree that this is the, Trump trying to tackle a secret security uh, guard is is the funniest thing a president has ever done. It's 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 <laughs> the funniest thing a president has ever done. Will do. He fucking thought he was an Air Force One. I mean, that is goddamn hilarious. So uh, I I don't I didn't mind that tweet, but I didn't see the Rose stuff. The the, the that the, the hijacking thing bothered me because he is an elected official. 
who is praising the fact that the president supposedly accosted someone whose sole responsibility is to keep him alive. Like, it's a pretty, it's a funny story if it's like, you know, Charlie Sheen beat up an Uber driver or something, but it's not like when it's the, it's just embarrassing. Uh, Especially the the way he was doing it, because what he was trying to say was like, come on, guys, you think Donald Trump could obviously fight these guys? You're blown. You think he attacked them or did he throw a fit? And it's like, well, regardless, he's, he, he definitely, you know, grabbed the wheel. Right. So none of us were saying, oh, he was going to be able to take on these secret service men. We just said, hey, that's fucking crazy. He's a fucking lunatic. Yeah, uh, we were just like, ew, that's nuts. He, he tweeted about Roe. He's like, Roe versus Wade has been overturned, exclamation point. This clears the way for states like Tennessee to pass stronger protections for the unborn and as an answer to prayers, hashtag right to life, hashtag victory. And then Britt Baker replied, and I almost never retweet anything ever. And I had to retweet. She wrote, no wonder you couldn't cut it as a dentist. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed that. My high spot is uh, it's weird. It's hockey and wrestling merging together, which is almost never a good idea. And anytime you're merging wrestling with hockey, it's usually pretty fucking terrible, like a Ty Domi situation. But uh, the NHL this week uh, announced their, their Hall of Fame inductees. And one is going to be Roberto Luongo, uh, who I had the pleasure of working with for several years at the Panthers and actually hung out with. We we went to a WWE house show. Uh, we went backstage with him and his family. He's a huge WWE fan. A lot of the wrestlers were huge hockey fans. So your high spot is actually having a friend? Yes, my high spot is actually having a friend. Um, and But it was cool just watching him and Sami Zayn nerd out for each other where Sammy's like rattling off all these ridiculous stats from his career. And then he's talking about all of like Sammy's wrestling accomplishments was a, was a blast. And so anytime you see someone who is a, a appreciates wrestling is a wrestling fan and they have a, a successful thing, you, you want to celebrate it. So, so congratulations to uh, Roberto Luongo on making it into the, uh, the NHL hall of fame. Well, as far as a uh, promotion, you all can see me, I'm going to be at uh, Brooklyn Comedy Club tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, I will be at Gotham Comedy Club. Oh, um, you're saying tonight, tomorrow. You may want to specify. No, no, no. I, this is coming out Friday morning. So right, I'm Friday saying, night. But if you're listening to this on Saturday and you're like, oh, I'm going to go tonight oh, to Brooklyn. Okay, so, all right. Well, if you're listening to this on Saturday, I was at Brooklyn Comedy Club Friday night. And it was great. Gotham Comedy Club Saturday night. Um, I'm going to be at the comic strip the next weekend. Uh, please follow me on Instagram, Dan St. Germain. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on TikTok. I'm on all of those things. And yeah, man, I should be doing some fun shows. I think I'm going I'm to be actually in Washington State. I'm opening for Dan Stoder um, in a couple of weeks. So that should be a fucking great show. Uh, so ch- check that out if you're in, if you're in Tacoma. Well, we're going to be in Tacoma together. Scott? I've been to Phoenix, Arizona, all the way to Tacoma. That's the nice, only buddy. time I've ever heard that. When did you turn into Pritchard? Where you just start randomly <laughs> singing on a podcast. Uh, I have another podcast besides this called Out for Smokes with uh, Mike Racine and Sean McCarthy. It's pretty fun and stupid uh, and non-wrestling related. And also follow me, Scott underscore Chaplin, on all the things. That's it. Oh, and dude, our Patreon. I mean, we got Sonny coming up this weekend, which is going to be fun. We have Money in the Bank, which it's always fun when we uh, review these these WWE pay-per-views. Uh, so, yeah. Patreon, baby. 
Uh, you, can follow, you can follow me on Twitter at WWE Creative underscore ISH. Uh, also, if you are a $10 Patreon tier, uh, you can hear something to sports entertainment with where I break down Monday Night Raw every week. Uh, this past week, we I got into uh, the legacy of John Cena, as well as Raw, as well as the potential future of the company. It was a fun show. Obviously, uh, we got the Facebook group and uh, all the other ways for you to interact with us. And we'll all be watching uh, Money in the Bank at various times and talking about it and i hope the show was fun it's usually a, a pretty good show even Last the year great. even the year when they fought in the building in titan tower uh mm, and it was, was just uh, it was just uh, absurd and weird uh, uh to see I, it, there was the one moment where paul Heyman was eating and got interrupted by everybody running through that was kind of funny and then they like with like the worst catering i've ever seen yeah but yeah it's Heyman. he's not gonna beggars aren't gonna be choosers there <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> Um, all right, folks. Uh, oh, and most importantly, Zach, wash your hands. See you next week.